It's not all that often that you'll hear conservative MPs and NDP MPs take the same line of questioning in committee. Um, but that's exactly what happened last week. It was a committee uh, with the immigration minister, the liberal immigration minister, and the discussion was around the Ukraine refugee program. Now, not necessarily that it's a bad thing, certainly not, um, but the question is, why don't we do the same for people in other countries? And that was a line of questioning that was put to the minister. We're going to talk to Jenny Kwan now, who is the NDP immigration uh, critic. Jenny, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's just go through, I mean, this situation. And, and it's being asked in a lot of circles. There's no doubt about it. It's a fair question, I think. But we just need to clarify, this is not frustration about what's being done to help Ukrainian refugees, right? That's not the issue here. Oh, absolutely not. Um, everyone who's uh, raised the issue that the government should be applying uh, special immigration measures for um, people in Afghanistan and other conflict zones such as Yemen, Hong Kong, etc., have been very clear to say they absolutely support the work that is being done to support Ukrainians uh, in this time of crisis. So it is not about that, but it is rather to say Canada can do more and to support other regions that are in conflict where there is a grave need for humanitarian action. Um, so when we take a look around the world, I, I mean, obviously Afghanistan and what happened there this summer leaps to mind, but what other what other areas do you think Canada could apply some of these same, I don't know if they're rules, but, yeah, but you know, bring a similar program in? Yeah, so, you know, in the case of Afghanistan, it's true, the government has announced that we would bring in uh, 40,000 refugees. Now, the program in its delivery has been exceedingly slow and is fraught with problems. One of the suggestions that witnesses at the special Afghanistan committee have actually said is that the government should be, for example, be doing biometrics in neighboring, neighboring countries for Afghans. Uh, and that is what the government is doing for Ukrainians. Right. And so we should be doing the same. There's no reason why we can't do the same. Similarly, the government has announced uh, for Ukrainians a special immigration measure where family members here in Canada can sponsor extended family uh, members to come to Canada uh, as a permanent resident. Uh, and people, uh, the Afghan community has been calling for the same thing, and the government should should be able to do that uh, as well and extend that measure for Afghans uh, as well. Other regions, Yemen uh, is another example mm -hmm. where it's just atrocious what's happening there, right? And so Canada can do more to support uh, that situation. The people of Hong Kong, for example, who's been faced with unprecedented uh, um, um, assault on their democratic rights, where Hong Kong's basic law has all just been done away with. And people there are also seeking uh, for refuge. And uh, they've been calling, for example, for the government to uh, extend the extended family sponsorship uh, reunification process to them uh, as well. Uh, but the government hasn't acted. So there's, you know, uh, we, we should be looking at these issues to say, how can we apply these special immigration measures to all these other regions and not just sort of say, oh, it's just for this one and, uh, you know, for Ukrainians and then not for Afghans uh, or Yemen or um, Hong Kong or any number of these uh, humanitarian crises that are taking place across the globe. You, you, in the other crises that you mentioned, um, is there any situation that compares to the framework that's been set up very quickly 
for Ukrainian refugees uh, with the waiving of visas, the three year just come on over and you can stay for three years kind of thing. I mean, it, 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 how different is what is being offered to Ukrainian refugees from what's being offered to other refugees in war torn regions? Yeah, so the measures uh, for Ukrainians is really expedite uh, in the process in getting people out of um, um, Ukraine to Canada as a visitor, not so much as a permanent resident or a refugee for that matter, but as a visitor. And the assumption, I think, is that people would have family or friends yeah. who could support them here. But the reality is also this. What's coming to the forefront is that, in fact, they are going to need a little bit more support uh, than just sort of getting to Canada. Because once they arrive, even though if they can access as a work permit, not everybody would be able to work. You know, there are elderly people uh, who would not be able to work. There would be children, for example, who would need support. Uh, and for the parents, they're going to need childcare, access to childcare support so that they can go to work. You know what I mean? So there's a series of things that needs to uh, put in place to, to uh, effectively support them as well. And that needs to be done from the Canadian government. That is an aside. In terms of the special immigration measures, yes, the government has put in uh, these measures um, quickly. Uh, however, a more effective way, frankly, that they could have done this is to actually offer uh, visa-free travel for Ukraine. Uh, and that would actually save uh, some of the, the work that needs to be done in terms of people having to go through the process of applying for a visa uh, and so on, right? And and so, um, so, yes, the government has brought in some measures. Some is better than none, I will say that. Uh, and although my prefer, the NDP prefer uh, process is still a visa-free Ukraine process. But with that being said, what we have right now is an expedited uh, visa travel uh, for three years um, for people. And I haven't really seen the government extend this kind of expedited uh, measure for any other uh, regions that are in conflict. Um now, in response, um, the Liberal government, you know, saying, no, this is not racialized. It's not about race. It's not about religion. It's not about anything like that. And as you mentioned, you know, it's access to Western countries. And you think we can set that up in Afghanistan. But, you know, if you take a look at Yemen, Somalia, I mean, Hong Kong, do we have a, a situation where, you know, the government is saying, well, they can easily access Western countries just by crossing the Ukrainian border. They can be processed by Canadian officials in, you know, Poland and all the rest. Um, is that not a fair um, characterization of the situation in some ways? Well, in some ways it's true uh, in that um, you know, people in Ukraine can cross over to neighboring countries, Poland and others, uh, and be able to sort of get uh, access to these various processes. Uh, but with that being said, it doesn't mean to say, though, that um, people in other uh, regions would not be able to access um, these kinds of services. It does mean, though, that the government have to work a little bit harder mm-hmm. to facilitate that process. So in the case of Afghanistan, uh, you know, uh, I'll raise that. I mean, really, the Taliban is literally hunting people down. People's lives are in jeopardy. People are in hiding. Uh, they're going to be faced with, um, you know, starvation, malnutrition is already happening uh, in an unprecedented way uh, uh, there. Um, and the government, our government's not helping people get to Pakistan, for example, yep. to a neighboring country. But people are making their way out. But what, some of them have made it out and they're just stuck 
in uh, Pakistan. And so, you know, what was our Canadian government doing to help facilitate a better process uh, for people to get out of these third countries? The government is saying, oh, but we have refugee measures. Once you're in a third country, we can help you out. But, you know, it is not really happening uh, in 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 a effective way, uh, I would argue, or an efficient way. Setting up biometric centers uh, in these other regions uh, is something entirely doable. I know that with the Syrian Refugee Initiative, for example, the government did some unprecedented measures, uh, including waiving the refugee uh uh, determination requirement uh, in Syria. They could do the same for mm-hmm. people in Afghanistan, as an example. So it's not exactly the same in terms of what's being done for Ukraine, but rather to use that thinking and be ready and willing to think outside of the box, put the center of the humanitarian crisis as the focal point, uh, and to bring in measures to adapt to the environment to which people are in. That's really what I'm asking of the government. And there's some duplications. You know, in the case of providing a family uh, uh, sponsorship um, measure for extended families, that's entirely doable for every nationality. It doesn't matter what country you're from. You could do that uh, immediately. And uh, setting up biometric centers in neighboring countries, the government can absolutely deploy that measure in Afghanistan and other uh, countries as well. So, um, So what we need is the willingness for the government to think outside of the box, to um, understand these humanitarian crises. Time is of the essence, and we need to get on with it. In the case of Afghanistan, I'll tell you this. I mean, it's shocking to me. We have NGOs, Canadian NGOs, on the ground who want to help, willing to help, have the resources to help, but but they're not able to do so. Why? Because our Canadian law stipulates that, uh, the anti-terrorism law stipulates that, you can not. And they fear that they would be prosecuted by the Canadian government by providing aid uh, in Afghanistan as deemed to be somehow a terrorist act in, in working in collaboration with the Taliban. Now, these are NGOs that are established in our community for many, many years or decades of having done humanitarian work. They are not there to support the Taliban. They are, supp- they are there to support Afghans who are being targeted by the Taliban, and and, and for civilians who are starving, who are dying, Mm -hmm. children dying of malnutrition. They have food, they have medicine that they want to deliver, but they fear that they would be prosecuted by the Canadian uh, government with terrorism uh, uh, laws, so they're not there. So the government needs to find a workaround on that. All the other countries, by the way, have managed to do so and found an exemption so that their aid organizations can do this work. But our Canadian government has not been able to do that. I mean, what is the hang-up here? People are dying. Children are starving. And these aid organizations are not terrorist groups. They are there to help people who are struggling and who are suffering because of the Taliban. And so, you know, when we look at these issues, we really have to take a um, uh, an approach that is broader than our standard measures uh, and to think in such a way to say, what can we do to help us as, as opposed to taking the attitude to say, here are the limitations of right. what we cannot do. Um, Ms. Kwan, thank you so much for your time today. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but I do appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. You bet. That is Jenny Kwan.
who is an NDP immigration critic, part of the committee last week that was holding the Liberal government to task in terms of why are we doing this for refugees from Ukraine but not from Yemen and Syria and Afghanistan and Hong Kong and Somalia and the list goes on. Uh, 